Welcome to your call to action with your host, Simon Bruno, sharing inspiration and motivation from the e-commerce world. Today, this is your call to action. Hi guys, welcome to the podcast. Today I'm with the founder of Ammo Marketing, Cam Sinclair. How's it going, Cam? Yeah, good, thanks. Thank you for having me. All, all good, man. Um, awesome to have you on the podcast. I guess we'll just get started with a little bit about your background, a little bit about yourself and Ammo Marketing. Yeah, sure. Uh, my background um, is mainly in, in marketing, but also in politics. And um, after at uni, I sort of started getting involved in political activism yep. and campaigning nice. and things, which was uh, which was pretty interesting and fun and it wasn't something that I wanted to do as a career, yep. but it was something that dragged me in just through my own interests and after uni I went and worked in Canberra for a little while um, as, a, as a media advisor and um, then worked as a campaign manager for three or four years yep. uh, running election campaigns. Nice, awesome. Yeah. Um, so that was really cool because it taught me a lot about the, all the different types of marketing, advertising, TV, radio, all the way down to, you know, some of the first uh, sort of online social media yeah. type, like the bare bones type stuff. Yeah. yeah, but also you know this is about 20, 2009, 2010, where oh, social yeah. media was just becoming a thing in politics. Yeah. So it was really exciting to sort of be involved in, um, you know, running some of the early uh, election campaign stuff in social media, yeah, uh, in digital in the digital space. So that gave me a good sort of background in, in all sorts of different channels and understanding how um, people make decisions, basically, which is yep. what marketing's all about. That's it. How do we change behaviour? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so during my time in politics, um, picked up a lot of skills there, but also really always wanted to start my own business and especially help people who were going out there and founding their own businesses and giving things a, a shot yep. and taking that risk. And that's something that I really enjoy doing is, is working with those kinds of people you know, who have an idea and are trying to build something into, into reality, which is yep. really good fun. Yep. And that's where Ammo comes from. Awesome. Yeah. So I guess with you and Ammo, you're, you're looking to help those guys who did take that step because I know like just from personal experience when I started my own um, small business last year it's, yep. it's, it's, it's hard it's, it's not an easy thing to do I think it's a lot of people think um, starting a small business like I could probably do it but a lot of people don't realise like how difficult it is and how much risk it is Yeah. so yep. I think that's awesome like how Amway is helping out um, guys like I guess myself last year yeah, oh, look, it's a massive challenge. Yeah. And it's hard to think of a bigger challenge in your professional life that you can do. You can step out there, give up a steady income or a job. Yeah. And for the purpose of trying something else out that you don't know is going to work, it's pretty scary, right? Yeah. Um, and so I really respect people who do that. And Ammo is all about working with those kind of people and giving them, helping them have the best shot possible at, at making their business a success. Awesome. Yeah. We'll go into a little bit about e-commerce because I guess that's what the podcast is about. So yourself, have you had any experience with any sort of e-commerce businesses that have been, have, have been starting up? Yeah, well, Perth, or? well, one of my first sort of side projects was um, an e-commerce um business where yep. we it was when do you remember skins like the tight oh, yep. skins, uh, compression yeah. wear yeah, yeah. sort of came out it was a bit yep. of a fad about yep. eight or ten years ago and you know elite athletes still use them and it does 
definitely help your sort of athletic performance. But when they first came out, they were like $120 for a pair of bloody tights, yeah. basically, right? And so, you know, me and a few mates decided that it would be a good idea to see if we could get those made cheaper. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we went and bought out a whole bunch of different versions of the skins and we sent them to Pakistan and actually went to Alibaba and yep. figured out the best supplier to have them made. Um, and we ended up being able to get them into Australia for about $5 a piece um, when they were selling in shops, you know, like the brand names for 100, yeah. for 100 bucks. Crazy. So, you know, we had our own, you know, knockoff brand basically yep. of, of these things and, you know, exactly the same material, stitching. We think they probably came out of the same factory. Yeah. It was just our own brand. Awesome. Um, and yeah, so O2 Fit is the, is the business, yep. is, is known now. Um, that was sort of... Uh, my first real crack at doing eBay sales. Uh, started out as eBay and then, you know, learned all the lessons that there are to learn on, on a marketplace like that and then went away and started building a third party, um, uh, you know, our own website and our own e-commerce platform on there. And that was also probably the start of when Facebook really started cranking up as a nice paid acquisition channel and Google Shopping and things like Google that. Google Shopping and yeah. all that sort of stuff, yeah. Yeah. So that was uh, that was an awesome sort of just lesson in how to reach a, a, a targeted market and then also how to grow repeat sales. You know, as you grow that sort of um, mailing list, yeah. how do you continue nurturing that and turn those people into the champions for your brand? Cool, yeah. Do you reckon starting out that business has helped you when you started? I know like you obviously learned some lessons when you ran that e-commerce brand. Definitely. Yeah. And, you know, we've used this word lessons and learning a lot already yeah. in this podcast, right? Yeah. Every business is an ongoing learning process. Yeah. It's, you know, there's so many things, there's so many unknowns and that's what makes starting a business uncertain. Yeah. Because there's all these things that you don't know yet and you're basically jumping off, off a cliff and trying to build a glider while you're falling before you hit the ground. How do you figure that out? Well, you try things that you don't know if going to work or not and you and you make sure that you have systems in place to measure the effectiveness of those things. Yeah. Which is what's amazing about digital marketing is that you can run experiments, test things out, get results and then scale those things up, those learnings up for a very cheap price. Yeah. It's not like the old days of advertising where you had to spend tens of thousands of dollars on running a TV ad and then you still didn't know whether it actually directly drove sales or not, unless it was the only thing in isolation that you were doing. Yeah, whereas now you can run like a dollar a day boost ad, yeah. and you can yeah. work out, like obviously I'm getting traction from this, whereas before, you spent like $10,000 on, on a TV ad, where and you didn't have like a measurable... Yeah, so um, like D Dale Carnegie, you know, the grandfather of advertising, yeah. he said, I know 50% of my advertising budget is working, I yeah. just don't know which half. <laughs> So like, how do you optimize that? And so the beauty of, I mean, Facebook started building in some really cool A-B testing, split testing functionality in there, you know, which has always been around for websites and things, but they just, they realized that they need to make that as user-friendly as yeah. possible. So yeah, it's, uh, it's really just an ongoing scientific experiment. And that's how you can optimize your sales and reduce your cost per acquisition. Yep. Um, and, you know, learn as much as you can about your customers. I guess it comes down to that lean startup methodology. Correct. Where it's like you just start off with a minimal viable product 
and you just tweak it and tweak it. Yeah. I remember, like, I think it was, maybe even Jesse said it to me. He goes, like, if you go into business with, like, the perfect product, you've just gone into, like, right. it should be, like, the most imperfect product and something that's flexible that you can tweak over time. Yeah. So, a minimum viable product. Yeah. You know, how can we actually deliver the least, or how can we deliver some value to customers that they're willing to part with for money with in the least amount of effort as possible because you don't know whether it's going to work or not. So, yeah, I think what Jesse's saying is if you released if you release a product and you're not ashamed of it, then you probably release it too late. Let's go into a bit of um, growth hacking stuff because I know that's a big interest of yours mm. on your LinkedIn page. It says growth hacking for startups. So <laughs> it's almost like a good, um, big passion. Right. Um, how about we just talk about what is growth hacking for those who don't know? Yes, yeah. I mean it's a bit of a uh, you know it's a bit of a buzzword at the moment, I guess, and you know it was really born out of that startup scene where yeah. um, you know especially startups don't have a massive advertising or marketing budget, and you know it's really about finding out how we can grow our customer base or at least grow the awareness of our product and the the engagement of it without using traditional advertising means? How can we even build things into the product or the messaging that we use or the experience that the customers have, which which you know grows the customer base inherently inside of that? So yeah. the brilliant example was probably um, Uber, where they figured out that their North Star metric, which means their one uh, target um, metric that they needed to move the needle on to grow their business was just getting people in for the first ride because you know before Uber it was a crazy thought that you would get into a car with a stranger that wasn't a marked taxi that you didn't pay cash for uh, that you were just trusting some random off the street that you were going to get there yeah. you know safely and so the reality was so much different. And once you experienced Uber for the first time, you would never go back because yeah. it was 10 times better than any other transport experience you've ever had before. So they you know, experimented and iterated numerous times on how do we get that first trip. And as it panned out, having a friend give you a $10 voucher to do that for, yeah. you know, for, 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 for your free first ride is an actual you know, really nice... Um, friction-free way of doing it because you, you trust your friend. Yeah, they're not going to recommend you something that's that's you. crap. Yeah, you know, um, you're not. So you know that third-party endorsement is always going to be way more powerful than any advertising a business can do. Yeah, because you're going to trust someone uh, that you know and have you know have a relationship with far more. Um, and then you know removing the financial risk um, of the price is you know, and so that was built into the the whole customer experience of uber from very early on uh and as, as a massive part of their success yeah and you know it's still a cost per acquisition you know they still have to find the money to pay the driver to pick up the, the rider and everything yeah. like that but um you know it's not a traditional advertising budget that's more of a growth hacking yeah. type uh types type tactic yeah so that's sort of the, a general kind of example of of what that means but you will see it in Every major software, um, you know, or um, online yeah, like business. Dropbox yeah. is like a good example of it. Sure. Like yeah. when they um, were going to launch and they had that video 
and they got that waiting list going. They yes. ended up with like 250,000 on their waiting list just from a basic video, and then this obviously launched. But yeah, they had before to, the product existed. Yeah, before the product existed, and then you had 250,000 people just waiting there to use your product. And then yeah. from there, obviously, I guess same thing with like Uber, you had your mates who were on Dropbox who were recommending it to other people, right. and it kind of spread. Yeah, and so it does seem that um, these growth hacking tactics tend to be a, a viral type yeah. uh, thing. Not ne- not necessarily all of them, but certainly when we're talking about growing a user base, what's the most efficient way to expand that? Well, is to use the networks of your existing users, or you know, to find uh, non-traditional channels to to expand that. So. So when people talk about growth hacking, you know, sometimes there's a bit of confusion and, you know, people sort of mix in uh, digital marketing tactics and things like that in there. Um, You know, I I think it's a term that's been blurred a little bit. And so we tend to sort of talk more about nowadays in particular, like growth marketing or performance marketing. So it's uh, more of a measurable, you know, what we're talking about, um, customer funnel and uh, understanding which channels are the best for for your um, for your customer and your product yeah sure yeah yeah um, having said that you know it's a, it, it's a really sexy kind of topic because you know with growth marketing you could be a developer you know building your app or your product yeah. and as part of that customer experience you're building in the the growth mechanisms inside of it so yeah. it's, a, it's a cool um, kind of concept where you can still you know you can actually have no marketing budget at all you can just come up with a way to have a self um, yeah. self-perpetuating machine almost so it's pretty cool if you can nail that yeah i guess that's the the task i think yeah it's growth hacking yeah sure yeah. yeah um and like the masters of it are probably facebook um you know they're probably the best in the world at it in terms of you know and, the, and their growth hacking you know goal is probably more about how do we get users to spend more time on our platform, share more content, um, you know, be more engaged over time, uh, and that you know really delve into human psychology and the way humans uh, make decisions and um, you know release uh, you know the brain chemicals which makes us happy, right? Yeah, so get a nice shot of dopamine when you get a like on your on your thing and you get a yeah. sound or the vibration in your pocket. Yeah. Um, you know, all of these little tweaks into customer experience can make it more and more addictive and more compelling yeah. to keep coming back. I think Facebook's probably the company that spend the most time focusing on user experience and user friendliness. And as you said, it just all ties down to them wanting you to spend more time on that platform to engage with more brands and all that sort of stuff. Because yeah. in the long run, that's how they make their money off the advertising. Absolutely. Oh, so how do we get more eyeball hours on the onto that newsfeed? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Um, I guess since we're on the topic of Facebook, yeah, what would be what are your top um, guys that you follow on Facebook or brands? Who you think's doing a good job at, at marketing? Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's a cool question. Well, I mean, I'd have to probably plug some of our clients, I guess, yeah. as part of that. So we're working uh, with a really cool app called Finch. Um, they're a, a fintech uh, startup over at the base of, actually over in Melbourne um, but the founders Toby and Chihiro originally from here in Perth spent some time uh, in, the, in the Silicon Valley and San Fran and 
things like that as well. Um, but that's basically a peer-to-peer payments platform for millennials. Yeah. So, you know, if you take me out for a beer on Friday night and, um, you know, your credit card comes out and I owe you 50 bucks on, fr- on Saturday morning, yeah. uh, well, you can hit me up straight away on Finch, hey, 50 bucks, send that request through on Finch and that takes care of the rest. So, um, you know, especially with our sort of, you know, the millennial demographic anyway, finances have always been a bit of an awkward topic especially when it's about asking your mates for money. Yeah. Um, and, you know, living in share house situations or you know, sharing bills or going out for dinner or travel with friends. Um, you know, the, the, it's still a real kind of friction point is how do you handle the finances. Yes. So I think Finch has actually found a really nice, elegant solution to that and one that's fun to use and, you know, without having to use BSB details and yeah. clunky bank apps and... Uh, and cash um, you know I haven't carried cash in my pocket for probably nine months 12 yeah, months and it's, probably the same. And, it's, and it's great yeah. um, and you know with phone um, NFC payment now you know it's just it's just such a nice seamless experience and yeah. I think Finch is a really nice bolt on to that whole cashless um, society that society we're coming building, to yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Finch has, does a really good job with um, connecting with its users yeah. um, and does some really nice content. Um, they did a um, competition campaign a few weeks ago where they actually gave away a, a, a trip, a road trip in the US. So they would fly you and three mates to LA yeah. and then you could hire a car and drive around California or Nevada or wherever you wanted to go. And so I thought that was a really cool campaign. Yeah. Who else? Um, Bamboo is another one. Um, so that's a, a blockchain, um, basically investment uh, platform, a little bit like Acorns, where it monitors your spending during the month and rounds your sort of transactions up to the nearest dollar. Okay. And then takes those few cents from each transaction and invests that into a into a blockchain, yeah, uh, a portfolio of crypto assets. And so that's a really sort of simple, low friction um, process for people who just aren't that interested in making day-to-day crypto investment decisions. Yeah. It can just happen seamlessly for them. So, yeah, it's all this... Is, uh, and they do some really good stuff about educating people about crypto and uh, they've got a beautiful brand and yep. some really cool content there as well. But, yeah, there's this is real nice trend around just making life easier for people and just getting technology and stuff out of people's way yeah um and you know just especially in finance and investment and things and just uh streamlining that whole that whole customer yeah. experience yeah that's it so, yeah so yeah finch.me is the url .me. and bamboo.io .io. i think is the yeah. is the other one uh so they're, they're both really cool, cool. Brands. and they're both perth based ben, yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, well so bamboo is technically based in switzerland Okay. Um, they have a, an R&D team yeah. technically here in Perth yeah. uh, and Finch is, uh, is originally um, the founders originally Perth but they're in Melbourne now okay. um, if we talk about uh, Perth startups who else is there um, you know there's and that's the great thing about WA is there's just so many yeah. uh, awesome definitely startups coming out of like the um, startup community is definitely there uh, is yeah. yeah and some really good sort of e-commerce success stories coming out of here too yeah um, so I mean, you know, do you have any good examples that we can talk through? <laughs> I guess I'll plug Keepspace. Yeah, of course. Yeah, Keepspace is awesome. Keepspace yeah. just makes life of e-commerce businesses pretty easy, I guess. Yeah. Um, eliminating the time of packing 
you know, uh, picking, packing, and shipping. I wish that existed when I had my first e-commerce business. That yeah, would have been amazing. Yeah, that's what a lot of a lot of business that we talk to just say, "Oh my God, where have you been? Like, yep. you solved my problems." Yeah. So yeah, that's exactly. I mean, that's where it should start, right? Is the customer problem? Yeah, customer problem. Yeah, no, that's great. Yep. Um, another cool example uh, of a Perth um, startup is Unocart, uh, oh, formerly yeah. FeedMe. Yeah, so um, uh, Tyler and Brenda have done a really cool job, and they've actually you know recently pivoted away from that feed me concept to Unocart. And yeah. so the premise there is, sure, uh, you know shopping centres um, or supermarkets, Woolies, Coles do home delivery, but it's bloody expensive and it's quite a high minimum order. Um, so Unocart actually has a team of local people, mums, you know people that are at home, retirees all sorts of people with spare time who can go and do your shopping for you. So, you know, they and they'll go into the shops physically themselves and choose the best fruit, choose the best veggies, you know, and get the best brand or the best yep. deal on certain products, which I think is just a really nice, you know, another sort of way of making people's lives easier. Yep. And, um, you know, it's just sort of quite a nice user experience there as well. So they've done a really good job. And I know they've done a good job here in Perth and they're getting ready, to, they're gearing up to launch in yeah. Sydney too. Sydney, I think yeah. even overseas. Yeah, it's terrific. So. it's terrific. So final question for today's podcast. What, what would you say would be five growth marketing tips you got for our listeners? For e-commerce businesses? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so... I think I'm not going to give them in any particular order because I think they're all important. But um, bringing it back to you know understanding that it's far harder to acquire a new customer than it is to nurture uh, an existing customer. Um, so you know finding ways to really leverage those existing customers that you've had in the past is a really powerful um, growth tip. So. Number one would be make sure you're getting as many reviews and testimonials as you can possibly get from, from each and every one of your customers and having them say in their own words why they like your product and why they, you know, why they continue using it. And then sharing that on your website, on your listings, on your Facebook page, as far wide as you possibly can. Yeah. Um, you know, make an Instagram image with someone's testimonial on there um, because we know that what other people say about you is far more powerful than what you can say about yourself, yeah. right? So that's probably number one. And then following on from that, how do we actually leverage your existing customer base further? Well, communicate with them. You know, collect their contact details, make sure you keep a great email list and, you know, find ways to get in front of them as much as possible. You know, don't harass them, but with quality content that's going to be useful to them. Yeah. So it's just the old, it's really just the old um, customer service um, adage, but finding ways to do that in this day and age. And so the third one is that customer list is actually super powerful on digital marketing platforms too. So you know you can download that email list that you have in, on your e-commerce store, load that into Facebook and build a custom audience. You can show ads just to your customers. Yeah, they can have special deals just for people that you know are your customers. They will see that particular call to action and ad in in Instagram. So. You know, re-engaging um, re those people as much as possible because you know they're already they already sold on on what you do. Yeah. So that's probably the three things to start with on, around existing customers. How can you use that to reach new customers? Well, there's awesome feature in Facebook targeting called lookalike audiences. Yeah. 
So, you know, you, you, yes, you're targeting your, your existing customers, but expanding on that and using Facebook's algorithm to then um, find more people that are more likely to be your advocates and great customers by using lookalike audiences and yep. targeting them with the same sort of messages that brought in your original audience is super powerful. Um, and then number five, I would say, is just keeping your website and your digital channels um, as user-friendly as possible, making it as easy and frictionless and, um, and even enjoyable as possible yep. to, to, to make a sale and, and actually running through that process yourself um, you know, on a regular basis so that you can find ways to improve that experience. Because as we know, um, you know, so many people do get to that point where they can, you've gone to all this effort, you've got them onto your website, you've got them looking at the product, you've got them adding a product to the cart, but is there something which is actually stopping them from yeah. typing their credit card details in or um, putting their um, shipping details in or whatever that is? Yeah. So you know, there's lots of cool things that you can do to improve that experience. There's abandoned cart plugins for for most um, e-commerce yep. platforms to remind people to come back. Um, there's things like Hotjar, which is um, you know a WordPress tool where you can actually, or it's actually any website I think where you can see where people are dropping off yep. along the process and see what they're looking at on your website. So you know finding ways to improve that customer experience is probably that that fifth yeah, tip. It's, yeah. it's definitely like. Probably number one thing for e-commerce businesses is, sure. is that because still you've got physical retailers and you can't get much more convenient than a physical retailer where you can walk in, see the product, buy it and then leave. So if you can make the customer experience enjoyable, yeah. then obviously we want to stick around on your website. Yeah, yeah. And if you can measure where things are going wrong, then you know you can run strategies. So say you've got a lot of car abandonment rates, if you run a strategy to get those guys back, and that's a good way to also increase your sales and increase your growth. So there's number six tip: number remarketing. Six. <laughs> yeah, remarketing is uh, is is amazing, and you know we've all we've all been victims. Well, not victims, but we've all <laughs> experienced yeah. it. We've looked at a pair of shoes on a particular site online, and then those pair of shoes follow us everywhere on the internet. If we're looking at Facebook or if we're reading news, you see that ad there. And the reason that advertisers do that is because it works. Yeah, it's because you're taking people from that consideration point to oh, look, I've seen this thing three times. I may as well just, oh, I'm in a better mood now or yeah. I'm feeling richer this you know, this week. I'm just going to take the plunge and, and buy it. Yep. So, you know, it's thinking through it's so much more than just making people aware and getting people onto that website. There's a whole other level of customer experience that you need to think through and build out as yep. well to, to maximize your sales. Yep. Yeah, I understand you with that. I guess I'll wrap up the podcast for today. Uh, Want to get a hold of Cam? What's the best way to get a hold of you? Ammo Marketing's website is ammo a m m o dot marketing. That's it. No dot com. No dot au. Check us out or um, uh, hit me up on Twitter. My handle is Cam underscore Sinclair. Awesome. Uh, until next time, guys. Uh, keep hustling out there. Cheers. Cheerio. Thank you for listening to Your Call to Action. This episode has been sponsored by Keepspace. Do you run an e-commerce business? Is picking and packing your orders getting you down? Send your products to us and we'll get it done on time, every time. Integrating right into your website and marketplace with amazing shipping rates. Go to keepspace.com.au to get an amazing opportunity.